You're listening to the Option Alpha Podcast from OptionAlpha.com, where we show you how to make smarter trades, learn how the stock market really works, and generate consistent monthly income. Now, your host and head trader at OptionAlpha.com, Kirk Duplessis. Hey everyone, this is Kirk here again from OptionAlpha.com, working every single week to make this the most popular investing podcast offered online and in iTunes because it's based on one thing and one thing only, and that's helping you guys make smarter trades. So thank you again so much for tuning in to today's show. In episode 129 here, we are going to help you recognize these four early warning signs of a non-diversified options portfolio. So why are we doing this now? Well, this is coming on the heels of last week's show, which is 128, where we talked about the importance of spreading out your trade entry, increasing your frequency, reducing your risk per trade so that you're always as neutral as possible. And so once we start to get into a place where that's the focus of what we should be doing in trading, now we have to start asking ourselves, well, how do I know if I'm not diversified or if I'm not neutral enough in my positions? And I think there's a couple early warning signs or things that you can kind of watch out for. And that's what I want to go through here today. So again, all this will be available and you can recap it on the show notes page at optionoff.com slash show 129. We also do have a couple really good courses. Again, they're totally free training courses on portfolio beta weighting and uh, adjusting positions and neutralizing risk and hedging things. All of that is available at optionalpha.com when you log in. So the first thing, the first early warning sign that I would say is if you do have large swings in your PL on a daily basis, that's probably a sign that you're not diversified enough or you're not neutral enough in your positions. So generally we want to see in a perfect world, we want to see, you know, a slow and steady rise in our PL every single day. So not too hot, not too cold, right? To use the old like story from kids. And so if you have these large swings in your portfolio where on a percentage basis you're losing 2%, 4%, up six, then down eight, it's probably because you're one-sided. And so when things are going really well, you do well. When things are going really bad, you do bad. So you want to minimize that volatility in your account as much as possible. That's the first early warning sign. The second one is a non-normal beta portfolio curve. So when you go in and you start beta weighting your portfolio, if you're using Thinkorswim like we do, or some of the other broker platforms, I know we're starting to roll out some beta weighting curves. But if you're beta weighting your portfolio, what you'll see is you'll see a curve that does not look like a normal bell standard curve. It probably has a lot of you know, rigid jigs and jags. And I don't even know if that's really a term jigs and jags, but like zigs and zags, and it doesn't look normal or standardized. So if you do see a non-normal portfolio curve, that means that you don't yet have enough positions on that are complementary of each other to then give you that smooth kind of bell shaped curve. And so you just got to do some digging or start adding some new positions. The third sign of a potentially non-diversified portfolio is just simply looking at the ticker symbols that you're either trading or focusing on and seeing if you have too much industry or sector consolidation. And so when it comes to industry or sector consolidation, what I mean is that you may have just randomly found yourself trading a lot of oil and gas ETFs, right? Or a lot of precious metals or a lot of tech companies. And sometimes this happens a lot with people I do coaching on, 
or I do a coaching session with them and we just look at their portfolio and I ask them, I say, you know, you've got, you know, basically like eight out of 10 trades in the tech sector. And they just didn't even realize it because they're busy, you know, building out trades and looking for new opportunities. So always double check and just make sure that you're not too consolidated in one industry or sector, that you have some good mix and some good spread in the different things that you're trading. Now, look, this is an important one because the first two can look pretty normal. You don't have large swings because maybe the tech sector or the industrials that you're trading right now are not having huge swings. So you don't have large swings in your portfolio. Your portfolio looks beta weighted and and pretty neutral, but then if something bad were to happen to that entire sector, then your whole portfolio would be dramatically changed. So we want to have a good grouping of different tickers and different industries and sectors in our portfolio. And look, I don't care. Like I'm not one of those people who's like, you have to have this and you've got to have this and you got to have that. I don't really care what you have as long as you have a good makeup of different things, right? So try to spread it out as much as possible. I try to usually have a major market index, some bond exposure, currency to some degree, precious metals, commodities, emerging markets. And then within that are going to be just like regular sectors. So semiconductors, if they're doing well, or uh, home builders, if there's high implied volatility or retail, if there's high implied volatility, you can kind of feather in the rest of the stuff as you see fit. But again, it's just double checking that you don't have too much consolidation. The fourth early warning sign is just the distribution between your front and back month trades. So this is going to be important because what people often do is they get too focused on the current month that they're trading on that they don't forget to start building out trades in the next month. And so when a market downturn happens or a market rise happens that's unexpected and maybe larger than we anticipated happening, then their front month portfolio gets more dramatically impacted than their back month portfolio. And if they don't have anything in the back month or they haven't started building out trades in different expiration periods, then it leaves them open and vulnerable to having to adjust too quickly or force trades on that they maybe didn't want to get on for the sake of getting back to neutral. So I always like to start building out my portfolios and have kind of two to three months going at any given time. Sometimes in months like February or during like the Christmas season and the holidays, you might have a couple months going at the same time. You might have, you know, weeklies in one month and then 30 and 60 or 30 and 70 days out, you might have other trades, but you want to have a good distribution of trades across those different months so that you're always have this constant steady stream of trades coming in. And again, that's going to keep your portfolio pretty balanced and neutral. So hopefully this helps out again. These are kind of the things that I thought about the other day after we recorded last week, our show number 128, where we talked about, you know, why we need to be consistently active and why we need to increase our trade frequency. I thought that these early warning signs might be, again, some things that you can kind of double check and and make sure that you're paying attention to as you go throughout the month to make sure that you have as much diversified risk as you can possibly take with your trades. And now our favorite part of the show, Trader Q&A, where we ask a question from one of our current members about options trading. Got a question you'd like to ask Kirk to answer live on the air? Just head on over to optionalpha.com forward slash ask and hit the record button to leave a message. That's optionalpha.com forward slash ask. And now here's today's question. Hello, Kirk. This is Stephen Cottle from Alabama. I've been trading only a couple of months and I've got a call from my broker about a short in-the-money call option on the SPY that was about to go ex-div. What I wondered, what I understood from them was 
that if someone exercised that option, I would be on the hook for paying the dividend on those 100 shares out of my own pocket. What I don't understand is who ends up with the original dividend that the company or ETF pays. I went ahead and closed my position because I didn't want to be holding something I didn't understand, but I would like to know what happens to the dividend the company pays and what actually happens to an option seller in an ex-div situation. Thank you for your amazing website and podcast. I've learned so much from you. All right. So Stephen, thank you so much for submitting your question as always. So on the short call that you have that's in the money and you got a call about dividend assignment, first of all, I would say good job for closing it if you don't understand. That's probably the default thing to do. That's that's the right thing to do. I think sometimes throwing up your hands and not doing something, even if it was the right thing, at the end of the day, the, for the sake of learning, it's important to just close things you don't understand or you don't feel comfortable with. So I applaud you for doing that. So when it comes to short calls that are in the money, the reality is, is that any short call that's in the money is probably going to get some sort of notification for dividend risk once the stock goes ex-dividend. And even if that short call is not necessarily at risk of assignment, brokers are just going to cover their butts, CYA, to send out a notification that says, hey, it might be at risk of assignment because it's in the money. And the reason that it's at risk of assignment is because if somebody is a long call option buyer, what they will do, and this is the opposite side of your short call option trade, what they are effectively in is a payoff diagram where they have limited risk below their strike price and they have unlimited profit potential if the stock continues to go higher. So once we get into a situation where dividends are starting to come up, the question becomes to them, am I willing to alter the structure of my position during this dividend payout period and through the use of the dividend and stock get back into a position that is effectively the same as my long call option, right? So their long call option again has defined risk. It doesn't lose any money below the strike price and undefined profit potential above the strike price. So when we get into the dividend assignment phase, the only thing that that call option buyer is looking at is, can I exercise my call option, get assigned the stock, therefore collect the dividend and use the money that I have collected from the dividend to buy myself put protection at the same strike price? So I know that was a lot. So rewind this a little bit if you want to hear that again. Okay. But again, what they're trying to do is get back into the same synthetic position like a long call option. And a long call option synthetic position is long stock with a long put option. So if they go through the dividend assignment, they're going to assign you, they're going to collect the dividend, say the dividend's $20, right? And they're going to use that $20 to then buy a put option. Now here's where the tricky part comes in and you just have to think about it a little bit more. But let's say that the dividend's $20, but buying the put option costs them $40. So if they were to get assigned stock, go through that whole process, collect the dividend of $20, but then they had to buy the put option protection at the same strike price for $40, they would be out $20 in doing that whole process. So they would not go through that. So the only time that you're going to be at risk of assignment with a short call option is when the corresponding put option to your short call is worth less than the dividend being paid. So if you're trading the 100 strike call option 
you would look to the 100 strike put option. If that 100 strike put option is valued less than the dividend, then you are probably at risk of assignment. But if that 100 strike put option is valued more than the dividend than the dividend that's going to be paid, then you're not at risk of assignment. So hopefully that makes sense. We have a ton of training on this inside of our knowledge base in the support center at Option Office. So if you want to see me walk through this on screen with a couple examples using a video, just head on over to optionalpha.com, look in the support center or search dividend assignment. You should be able to come up with a couple examples. To answer the end of your question, because I knew it was a little bit of a long-winded answer, you asked who ends up with the dividend that I have to pay. It ends up being the call buyer, right? So if the call buyer ends up assigning and therefore is now a stock owner, a long stock owner, they would get the dividend. So that's how it ends up working out. So hopefully this helps out. As always, if you guys have any questions or want to hear me answer a question live on the podcast or on Facebook in our daily call podcast, please head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask. Click the big red button in the middle of the screen and leave me a private voicemail. And I know what you're thinking right now. You probably have a lot of questions that you don't have answers to. So please help me help you guys. Let's continue to get a nice, good backlog of questions in here because this helps me create new content, create new training, answer more questions more often. Head on over to optionalpha.com slash ask. Leave me a voicemail there. I definitely want to know what questions you guys have. So let's get into the closing bell segment. Now. The closing bell. Find out which stocks we're looking at right now, trades we're making, and hear our game plan moving forward. All right, so in today's closing bell segment, I want to go over a new trade that we just made in GLD, which is a gold ETF. It's one of the standard kind of gold contracts that many people trade, very liquid. And the reason that we're getting into this is because gold has had a pretty good breakout here earlier today. So earlier today, gold had a huge run higher. And so for GLD, it basically opened at about 128, ran all the way up to nearly 130, and then retraced now at the end of the day that entire move, which is kind of crazy. So it looks like this whole shooting star pattern. But even more so, we've now seen implied volatility shoot up through the roof. And so where implied volatility over the last couple of days has been around the 2025 rank. Implied volatility now on GLD is about 75. So this to me stands out. It kind of comes to the top of my list. And now I start to think about, you know, making a gold trade. Right now, what our portfolio needs is a little bit more bearish exposure and in particular to gold. So we wanted to just do a one-sided call credit spread in GLD. And so this works well because it gives us more diversification. It's a high implied volatility setup. So implied volatility is high. So pricing is good. And our portfolio needs some bearish exposure, so we're going to give it to it. And in this case, we're selling the 132 call and buying the 135 calls for a $43 credit, which is a pretty decent credit for that width and should give us more than a 75, 78% chance of success. So very, very high probability of success trade. And we're doing these for about the 38-day out expiration time. So about a month and a week or so out and so again, yeah, good trade, good setup here, very simple entry. You don't have to go directional on this. If you need a neutral position, you go neutral. If you need a bullish position, you go bullish. It all depends on what your portfolio needs and, and how you can add more neutrality to your portfolio and diversification at the same time. So again, selling the call credit spread in GLD, the 132 calls and buying the 135 calls for protection. Thanks for listening to the Option Alpha podcast. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a rating or comment. 
Plus, you can get everything. Free email updates for future shows, transcripts, video tutorials, case studies, and more. Just visit our website at optionalpha.com. All right, as always, I hope you guys truly enjoyed today's show and got at least one thing out of it that you can apply right now to make you a smarter, more profitable trader and investor. As always, you can get additional resources, some links mentioned in the show, and some related video training from today's show by going to optionalpha.com slash show 129. Again, that's just the number 129, optionalpha.com slash show 129. Until next time, happy trading.